the 100th episode of A Ghost in the Magazine. I'm Steph. And I'm Elle. And I'm Elle. And I'm Jay. And we're gathered here today to talk shit, which is like our MO. If you're just listening, then you can't tell. But I brought back my background, like young Ted Raimi in Intruder. And I discovered, because I'm rewatching Supernatural, that he's in an episode of Supernatural. It's right when things start to get really good. And he throws a coin into a wishing well. But it's old. And you know, old shit is probably cursed, as it was. And Sam and Dean had to put all the fucked up wishes back together again. So obviously, it brought up House of Wax. And that's what we're doing. We're reminiscing. Because it had all the quote-unquote quintessential hot guys of the time. And it was just me and Jay on this episode. But it's true. They were the hot guys. While we're on that subject, I think you could probably loop the Leprechaun series in there and Warwick Davis lost his coin. Oh, also, you can loop in Paris Hilton because she's in this season of Supernatural too. She plays a monster. It's like one of the old gods who needs to feed on worshippers to survive. But nobody worships old forest gods anymore. So this monster turns into people feels like tourists and so it was so funny these girls were like she was so mean she took our friend and they're like who paris hilton the gitm supernatural fandoms colliding there's not much better than that honestly if i'm being honest i mean maybe you guys won't agree on the quintessential hot guys but Elle's a sam girl i'm not proud of that but I mean, if the choice is Sam or Dean, I'm Team Sam. Elle's probably also taller than Dean, let's be real. Probably, but Jared Padalecki is like an ancient oak tree. (laughs) Not in that he's majestic, just in that he's thick. He is. I'm on season five of the rewatch of Supernatural, and I already warned Elle I was going to be texting her regular commentary because it's been a while since I rewatched, right? And I literally was like, I want to know, I texted her one day, I want to know the time span between this season and this season because Jared's beefy. He mm. came back beefy in this season. You can tell where you are in Supernatural by where Jared's hairline is. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to aggressively agree because I'm trying to contain my enthusiasm. But yes. Did he come back thick or did he just come back obviously 30 years old instead of playing a 17-year-old kind of thing? That's what it is. He looked like an actual grown man. That's what it is. Thank you, Mel. We call the Riverdale effect. All right. That reminds me, that brings me to our Scream episode. None of you were on it, okay? It was just me and my sister. But the thing that she brought up, and I guess that's a really good segue into things we dislike in horror. I'm speaking for Samantha here. She said, was it because all of those teenagers were obviously 37 years old playing teenagers? Matthew Willard could still get it. It's not about whether they could get it or not, because Nev Campbell, hello. That's fair. I mean, but isn't that kind of like the thing where it's like, anytime it's high schoolers, it's very clearly not high schoolers. Because <laughs> they can't have high schoolers on set all day or mm-hmm. half naked on camera. So it's kind of like... That's the thing they do to like max out the appeal among yeah. like viewership because everyone's been to high school. Not everyone's been to college. When you start drinking, you start experimenting with drugs or with your sexuality. So they age them down, but they keep the actors the same age so they can still do sex scenes. Case in right. point, Vampire Diaries. No. Just no. <laughs> Just no. Absolutely not. Caroline no. Forbes. 
Oh, but she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old she is. She's so pretty. And she was in an episode of Supernatural. <laughs> she played teenage Dean's love interest. And I was like, this bitch doesn't fucking age. We bringing it back. <laughs> You're welcome. It is my primary job to bring it back to Supernatural. <laughs> Literally, my entire TikTok reposting right now is Jensen Ackles. So I'm like, Ellen, I think he's doing a country album. Country album? He could hardly talk. Let alone no, he's, he's mad. There's he's, clips on TikToks. Kind of surprised. He's, <laughs> he's a, a, he's find a out. Jensen, let me find out. <laughs> you don't, you don't gotta talk well to sing country music. That's a good point. I listen. I'm actually gonna put you in the corner early. We're not gonna talk shit about country music. <laughs> no, no, I ain't talking shit about wow. Carrie Underwood, Dolly Parton, none of them. I'm talking like Kenny <laughs> Rogers. He's talking like tractors and cows and horses. <laughs> I love that. Shit. Shit. Okay, <laughs> don't let my brownness fool you. Of my no, life? no, no, it's cool. Okay. It's cool. I, have a, I have a Johnny Cash album over there. Sorry. I will show you. Yeah, but I'm talking about freaking Morgan Wallen out here playing in the bar. That's my shit. Think about whiskey all day. Maybe not bad guy, but some. <laughs> Maybe not Morgan specifically, but <laughs> it's the Blues Brothers being booked at a country music place, and the only song they know that's country is the theme tune to Rawhide. Are there words to that song? before we move on i wanted to (laughs) add something about the teenager thing because we also talked about this in the stream episode but i think it's really important someone who does the teenager thing realistically but i still fucking hate it in the chucky series they're actual 14 year olds they actually look like children they actually are in fucked up situations so Mm -hmm. i'm like we don't have to include that have them be kids because scary shit happens to kids but they don't have to be doing drugs and hooking up not everything has to be have a euphoria filter on it you know what i mean my thing is is have them be adults if they're adults you know playing a character i want to blame capitalism of course because you know it markets scary movies to high schoolers you know messing around on the weekends and on the summers instead of us seasoned horror fans who are grown as hell out here. So, I mean, they could be adult scenarios too, God forbid. I mean, sorry, but for me, the stakes are only ever going to be so high in a high school scenario. It's like, okay, you're getting chased by a killer, but it's just math on work. Like, I don't know. There are like true <laughs> officer schools and stuff. So like that realistically, if Chucky's running around at school, someone's gonna notice one of the most famous examples of kids being put in adult situations in films and them being kid actors is super bad and it's mclovin was 17 during his sex scene and his mother had to be in the room for it so she's standing off to the side just out of shot and he's going it's in oh that's the most horrific thing i've ever heard what age is Glenn Glenda in the Chucky series. Like teenager. But they're not yes. living with Jennifer Tilly, are they? I literally, I haven't watched season two yet. I have so much anxiety about watching it for whatever reason, but it will get watched. I did see a clip of it, though. Can't be with her all the time because she does mad fucking crimes, and at least one of them is not a criminal. The other point is a criminal. 
What do you hate in horror? Like seriously or like either. It doesn't have to be goofy. It can be whatever irks your soul. I mean, the thing that annoys me is pretty much when you're using really annoying emotional manipulation, which to me is killing a kid or a dog in a very heinous way. And you don't have a good storytelling reason. Like there were better choices that you could have done to make that monster scary. And instead you're like, let's just do something that we know is going to make middle-aged women cry. I don't like it. It's cheap. Yeah. I I think Team Kuja. Team Kuja, yeah. Great. Because that movie was scary as hell without them killing the dog. I want to ask you this though. And this is about a film that you and I watched very recently. Uh Uh-oh. Do you remember the chest compression scene in Red Snow 2? Yes. So in Red Snow 2, Guy gets his arm chopped off but it's replaced with like a a Nazi zombie arm because it was found in the car with him. And that arm is very powerful. It has powers. He accidentally throws an American kid out of a hospital window. The American kid hits the ground, isn't breathing or whatever. This guy Mm -hmm. jumps out and like is trying to resuscitate him with that hand. And he presses down on the chest and literally goes straight through the rib cage. Blood explodes all over his face. That is justified in my opinion because there's a good storytelling (laughs) reason for that. There's a big arm on him and he's doing a good thing as a character. He's like, I want to save this kid, but he doesn't know the strength of himself. So it wouldn't make any sense for it to have fallen any other way. But like in uh, Heidi, when they just off the dog, when there were plenty of other things they could have done, it was just annoying. It's not scary to me that you can hurt something that is vulnerable. What's scary Mm -hmm. to me is doing stuff that you don't expect i think that that's the thing i like to be more like psychologically attacked i guess yeah same and, and in heidi i i really want to actually rewatch heidi i would love for them to just take the myrtling of kuja out of the movie altogether yeah this is a doll movie y'all know that's my shit i think we watched this in the first 31 days of horror we did. The yeah. ending of this movie is so unexpectedly jarring. <laughs> I think it's one of like the best endings, probably of any movie that we've covered, because I just wasn't ready for it. So if you guys want to freak yourselves out, watch Heidi. We should bring it back. We haven't done a full episode with it. Bring it, so... bring it back. Bring... I would love to. Thank you for asking. Anyone else have anything that they actively dislike? Or that is overused. If no one else is going to say it, I am. It hasn't been used in a while in so much as I can't remember the last time I seen it. When they kill the black character first. That's at the top of the list. Other than, and I think this is probably where like hiring white writers to write your script is they don't know how to write that character and so they kill them off quick as possible it's I like worse be... than that almost they inherently write those characters as weak or stupid or fumbling mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so they as get a token. because they write them as weaker characters even when it's going from actual like novels to film adoptions they reduce the black character down steph it <laughs> oh no oh no here we go get me started on what they've done to mike hanlon because i can and will talk about it forever it's mike hanlon, but it was also dick halloran as well yes it was True. yes it was what i love about that is that some people have brought up the racist language that stephen king used in like all of his books but he grew up in a time where like it was a thing and he's writing these 
these characters, but it's not just like, oh, I need to sprinkle in some racist characters because that's what I know. They're so nuanced. He builds this entire world, and I like that he doesn't ignore that. But he also gives black characters. I mean, hello, Mike Hanlon was the best character in The Losers Club. Like, he did that. Stephen King made that. And no one, if they didn't read the book or listen to me talk, would know what a wonderful character Mike Hanlon is. He is, I'm going to say it, he's probably my favorite horror hero. And he's not written that way in any of the movies. You would never think about him that way in the movies. And I think it's really yucky. Besides him, the brother and sister in the black phone hands down my absolute favorite 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 (laughs) the point that you were making there about people complaining about stephen king using that language what king does because he's writing about that period he doesn't do it out of spite and he doesn't do it because that's the way they talked he's doing it because that's a part of american history that if you whitewash or you pretend didn't happen is just as Mm -hmm. bad yes especially because when you look at the town of Derry that he's created as a whole that's inherently what the white citizens of Derry try to do they try to erase all the unclean parts of it and that includes gay people because of what they did to adrian miller god damn like, do we have to do a Stephen King podcast? Deepest racisms are maybe not even in the language. Some of it's in the stereotypical characterization. Like, it aside, there were other ones. You know, when I think about the stand, the supernatural mm-hmm. Negro, that kind of is a stereotypical role. Or when I think about desperation, the supernatural indigenous person. And it's like, which roles do Black and indigenous people get to play in his stories? And it's typically... Something like that, you know, if they're a good character, it's it's a supernatural, unknown, undefined, really vague character. And if they're a really known, personal, individual character, then they're literally helping hands. They're like, just here to be of service. I think that's where the real racisms are, to be honest. That's a valid point, but when people are speaking about the racism, and like that's never the point that they're bringing up ever. So I think yeah. that that's a really good one. That's a good point. Yeah, especially when you look at The Shining as well, because again, mm-hmm. supporting character, you know, great and character. One of the core characters in the book, like he gets multiple chapters about him. We find out about the Calaran, and he mm-hmm. survives in the book. He is the savior of the day. He in the book, in the movies, he is in the... Danny and Wendy. Yeah. yeah. But again, the idea that Steph, you were talking there about Derry being a city or a plantation <laughs> of like excluding the other. Also, come to think of it, could be considered also like erasure of other races beyond wasps. Yeah. Because if you think about the great mystical creature that isn't Pennywise, it's the world turtle, which is connected back to Native American myth. Yeah, they both came from the same place. And then you look at the Dark Tower series and there's just all of these other... There's this creator on TikTok who I talk about the L all the time and he does these deep dives into Stephen King's lore. And he has just recently like created this mashup saying that Mary Poppins and Pennywise, there's this theory that they're from the same place and it just blew my bang straight out of my fucking face it's not not necessarily that it's real but the things that you can put together respectfully i know that he used to be on drugs but i feel like maybe he's been able to tap into parts of the human brain 
that other people haven't been able to. I've spent a lot of time thinking about Stephen King and the cosmic horror, as you both know, so I will say very little about it, but I will <laughs> say that he uses cosmic horror in a very interesting way to look at American society as a whole, whether it's the influence that is covered up, like with Native Americans and the world turtle, or whether it's sort of the waspish Christianity communities, as small mm. Christianity communities, like the warping of Christianity in Children of the Corn, or Pennywise preying on like societal fears that we create ourselves. So the idea that King sees cosmic horror in American society rather than out in the universe is quite interesting to me. I see a lot of horror in American <laughs> Society. I will say, though, it's a little bit convenient. If you have a genius mind for horror and fiction, then why always conveniently base your stories in places that are predominantly white or whatever? Blah, blah, blah. Can't you imagine a place where this stuff doesn't exist? Like, if we can't do it, then who's going to do it? If not these writers with genius ability to imagine mm -hmm. something else? Mm -hmm. I mean, I could just go to Derry. <laughs> I don't know. If there might be clowns in the sewer. You, you want to come to Derry, Northern Ireland? Sure, I'll bring you down the no. bog side. We'll go Sounds for a drink. similar to, to Derry, you know, here. Oh, no, it's hell. Yes. <laughs> so I totally, I totally agree with you. I'm not sure why his comfort lies in New England. I know that I was born there, and so was H.P. Lovecraft, but H.P. Lovecraft, he's yes. imagined a whole lot of different things. And I sort of, I'm still a Stephen King fan, obviously, and I think the specifics yes. of it have really, really got me in a chokehold. But where I sort of fell off was The Outsider. And I will never be a fan of that. Like, I am a Stephen King fan, but I am so not a fan of that because I thought it was so out of pocket the way they set this up and then for the monster to be a Google. Like, that felt so unbelievably lazy to me. It's not giving a Google. It is a cultural monster, mm -hmm. but he put the mask of El Google on a monster that it is a nursery rhyme that you tell to scare your kids but the violence that took place against the child it felt like a cheap thing to do and I just really didn't like it people Carol can disagree Kim is is very similar in that way as well not necessarily the film but because I haven't seen it but the book someone else read it and told me about it and there's huge swathes of chapters about this child being sexually assaulted and how that affects them and not in a negative way in a this turns them on kind of way and I'm like Stephen Stephen <laughs> I have a similar problem with the Mayfair witches with yeah. Anne Rice, yeah. the way that she writes Mona Mayfair. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know what it is about authors and why they do that, but it's disturbing. I'm not a fan. Claudia was the first Mona Mayfair. She was in the uh, vampire series and then, you know. But you know, I'm at dying. least Claudia, she's not physically right. aging, but this idea it of like Mona being just like more mature than her age and so she can seduce her cousin or uncle or whatever the fuck he is. No, no, go fuck yourself. I'm not entertaining this. This is And not honestly, though, those books yeah. much more rapey than that and I don't know how else oh yeah to it. Yes. I was just saying it was really rape especially yeah. it gets to Lasher I mean just rape course I haven't gotten there yet I have not gotten <laughs> Yeah, it's a little cringe. We it's have issues cringe. here, but we've talked about this before because as much as we admire Anne Rice and her work, she does have creepy moments. I obviously haven't read 
to Mayfair, which is yet, but I was introduced to Mona Mayfair in Blackwood Farm, which I loved. I love Quinn Blackwood, but I was a teenager when I read these books and Quinn Blackwood is a teenager and she puts him into some weird situations and then she puts him and Mona together and they're teenagers. So like, it was a whole weird situation. And then you think about Marius's Island of Little Boy who paint for him and uh, which other is things. Which why I am taking so long. I'm on my second year of reading the Vampire Armand because I got so fucking mad at that book and who Marius is after him being built up in the first three books or four five books is amazing Indeed. and then you find out he's just a fucking piece of shit he's a garbage person yeah he's literally a fancy pedophile honestly. I mean, I'm I'm a predator on every level a predator yes yes I honestly feel like all the vampires have potential to be so so I don't know that's just another element of horrifying that you add on top of what it is but like we can switch gears here so why don't we talk about favorite heroes or protagonists and antagonists and anything that we've covered or anything that we have seen in 2022 favorite final girl Steph I think you might agree with me is the female protagonist in Evil Dead's remake I knew it I said Jane Landy yes it's Jane Levy oh a million percent I mean I can't say it's my favorite because I already stated my favorite but so good on so many levels that we talked about it for three fucking hours and uh there might be a new there's an, a like new a evil dead series with like Bruce something Campbell about mom this year. wait a minute I didn't see him in the trailer but the trailer looks good he tweeted I out he what? said you know I gotta do it to him I'll take it honey what else <laughs> oh man gonna throw him out there grab a high cock I just Every rolled time. my eyes so hard they almost fell out of my face Hold on. what I'm looking Literally forward to though for serious is cage and renfield that is what i'm yes. looking forward to and keanu reeves keanu reeves and constantine too whatever that Ooh, comes yeah. up oh okay hell yeah and renfield's being played by that actor from the uk skins he was also a beast i like that renfield has to go to therapy because dracula is such a fucking dramatic man it checks that out with feels Nick like a very stephen moffat line mm-hmm. you know the guy that wrote sherlock and the matt smith series of doctor who it feels very much like like, oh, you're being clever, but you're not being clever. This is bullshit storytelling. I think it's going to be funny. The question, who's my favorite character? Because this year, I got to say, I don't have one. But I'll say what my favorite trope is this year, which is kind of popping up more and more. It's like, final girl survives and burns something down and empowers some type of, like, I don't know, weird other. You know, so the girl gets out. She's all bruised up at the buildings burning behind her. And then someone is sinister plotting off screen i kind of like that that's popping up more and it's like she got out but as it is for every woman there's more shit ahead so i don't hate it i was gonna say well, it's the good for her trope of like midsummer like yeah, you're going through trauma like, but you're like good for her good for her good for us all yeah okay. so i would say that's probably my favorite this year before we move along i just want to throw out another thing that i absolutely did fucking like just because you said midsummer they remind me of my babe florence something i don't like that people keep doing is putting Harry style in movies. Stop it. And I already wasn't a Harry Styles girl, not because he's terrible, but I don't care about him. And some of the songs are that I love Watermelon Sugar, but there's something about him that gives me the ick. And when I watched Don't Worry Darling, it made it worse. 
If they wanted to keep him not icky, they should have given him a different part. That's all. Maybe his use is just ick. There are girls on the internet ruining other women's life just because they know Harry Styles. Like, what? his fan base is so hot. What? Like, no thanks. If there's a paparazzi picture of Harry Styles in a 15-foot radius of another woman, they're going to find out who that woman is. They're going to find her family. They're going to find out what she does for a living, and they're going to try to end her. Yikes. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I didn't really know who he was, so... For the best. Oh, they're coming for you. <laughs> Good. You call oh, you don't know him? They... That means nothing. You are dead. <laughs> the Styles stands are coming for you. They tried to come after Britney Broski, who's famous because Brit- he wasn't. I love top... Britney Broski. He wasn't in her top artist on Spotify rap, and she was at his concert, and they basically dogged her for it. Fuck you! I'll fight for Britney Broski. I don't care. All right, everyone. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Sure. You want to play a game? I'm sorry, I have a terrible jigsaw voice. Okay, the game is this. Are you ready? The three of you have suddenly found yourself in a horror movie, okay? Written and produced by this BuzzFeed quiz that I found on the internet, directed by Steph Nunez. Dun, dun, dun! Get your characters ready. Stat! Is this a D&D campion? Absolutely. <laughs> I am your dungeon master. I've never played, but I know the rules of this game, at least. Okay. All right. You can use your real names or you can have fake names. What's that going to be? My name's Grandpa Highcock. Period. My name's BK, spelled B-E-E-K-A-Y. You're, the, you're dying first. It's hard for me to think of something more lethal than Mel. So like... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It's literally my favorite thing to hear in the intro when Elle says, I'm Elle, and you say, and I'm Mel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, great. <clears throat> All right, characters, get ready, okay? You find yourself in a horror movie. You're walking through the woods at night, and everything is pitch black, okay? Except for the that? flashlight on your phone, because horror characters are inherently dumb, unless they aren't, and then they live. <laughs> okay, so everything's pitch black except for the flashlight on your phone. Before you, there's a path that leads you deeper into the woods where your friend's cabin awaits. You've been there before, but never at nighttime, okay? This is a choose-your-own-adventure, and you have to work as a team. Do you keep walking, or do you call your friend? Keep walking. We call the friend. We're going to lose the flashlight. Only one of them. There's three, right? We each have one. I don't show up at people's houses unannounced. I'm a millennial, okay? I will send them a text and then see if it's okay to call. And then I will call and see if it's okay to come over. Come on. Mel? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I'm doing the call just because, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a good way to locate people in scary movies too. If you haven't noticed, you call people, the phone rings in the closet or it rings <laughs> around the corner and you're like, holy shit, my friend's not at home. They're out here in these woods. So I'm definitely making the phone call. My friend's a Sasquatch. Here's the other thing, though. It's a horror movie. We're in the woods. There's not going to be any signal. True. So what's the verdict? You don't have signal. That answers it. That's true. No one can at least make, make signal. We can make the t- attempt, Jay. Okay, the attempt. For sure. All right. Try okay, it, try two it. against one. We're calling the friend. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Before venturing off into the dark on your own, you decide to call your friend to see if they can meet you. But as you're dialing their number, you realize that you'll have to turn the flashlight on your phone off if you want to reach them. Do you turn the light off and call them or do you text them instead? Text. I'm a oh, millennial. Text. 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 Yeah, is text. An option. Right off the bat, we're texting. Mm-hmm. 
I like where your brains are at. I didn't go all the way through this quiz, so I have no idea how it ends, even though I directed it. Okay, you decide to shoot them a quick text, but after sending, hey, I'm here, this is in all capitals, by the way, could you meet yeah. me halfway? I'm kind of scared, LOL. The <laughs> message fails to send, great. Just great, you think, BK was right. That's when you hear the snap of a twig behind you. The Sasquatch! <laughs> you turn around, pointing your flashlight at the line of trees, but there's nothing there. You're really freaking yourself out. You'd better get a move on. The faster you get to the cabin, the better. When you get to a fork in the path, you realize that you can't quite remember which way to go. Do you go right or do you go left? They both look the same in the picture. What friend do we have that's rich enough to own a fucking cabin? You tell me, it's your friend. Might as well go right. I feel like the friend's not in the cabin. Uh, yeah, I feel like the friend is a Sasquatch. That's how they own a cabin. You want to <laughs> flip a coin? I don't care. Uh-huh. I'll go with whatever you guys want to do. Mel said right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. All right, right it is. You decide to go right. You're pretty sure this is the way. And look at that. You were correct. The cabin is just ahead. But wait a second. The windows are dark. Where's your friend? You knock, but no one answers. The front door is unlocked, so you go inside and call out for your friend. There's no response. When you try to turn on the light, nothing happens. You take a look at your phone and see that it's on 6%. It's going to die any second. Hmm. Smart. Didn't the lights go out the last time you were here? If you remember correctly, your friend said there was a generator in the basement and a flashlight or some candles in the attic. Do you investigate the attic? or the basement. They suck at being out in the middle of nowhere, for Christ's sake. Hey, there's something somewhere. Walk back out. Like, I don't know, the friend's not there. This Why is, try this, not this is Grandpa Highcock, the Burger King, and Mel go into the woods together. <laughs> you know, I have a gun so, because I'm Grandpa Highcock, so I think you just shoot any problem we have. So let's just go get some fucking lights in the attic. <laughs> But the plot twist is the gun is really tiny because you're really tiny and your friends have to carry you. It's That's fine. Shooter. It's fine. Okay. okay. It's still feel, it's a space gun. It's okay. I do I feel, feel like if you're like, gonna choose one of the two, the attic is less of a risk for entrapment. Well, see, here's what I'm thinking. If we are gonna have to run away from a monster, it's easier to run uphill up a flight of stairs than it is to run down. But especially if it blocks if it's the a stairs. You can just go out the window. Ding, I'm a little man. Ding, ding, ding. He, he is just a little man. He's thick. I was only just, you know, right about the fucking phone, but that's okay. No, I'm joking. Mel, what's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Surprise. To Gemini Scorpio. Okay, we're going to the attic. The attic sounds like a better idea. So you search the ceiling for the entrance. You find her in the kitchen where you pull the drawstring, revealing the mouth of the attic and the ladder that folds down to the floor. Above your head, there's only a rectangle of black. It's just the dark. You remind yourself, it can't hurt you. You begin your ascent into the attic where the only source of light is your quickly dying phone. You expect to see stacks upon stacks of dusty boxes, but to your surprise, there's only one lone treasure chest. Maybe there's something in there I can use, you think. Do you open the chest or do you return downstairs? Who's not going to fucking open the chest? (laughs) Why are we even here? I thought there were candles and a fucking flashlight here in the chest who knows (sighs) the chest might be a fucking mimic too we might get eaten by the chest it might be pandora's box but if you don't open it then fucking open it we might as well your friend is hiding in the box about to scare you you're gonna (laughs) fall down the stairs and break your fucking neck let's Um, find out what a friend (laughs) my friend sam squanch 
<laughs> you open the chest and gasp. Inside is a porcelain doll worn ragged from years of neglect. Oh, for it's Christ's sake. This thing had a child to love it. But despite all the grime and dust, you notice the doll's eyes look eerily human and that there are little silver bells sewn into her raggedy ass dress. But that's not all you find in the chest. There's also a black candle and next to that, a single match. You look at your phone battery and now it says 1%. You better hurry and make a decision. Do you light the candle or do you close the chest and return downstairs? And are any of you virgins? Because this is a black candle. <laughs> I think I'm saying Last okay. time I checked. <laughs> Unless it grows back. Virginity Virginities don't grow back, kids. It's also a concept invented by the patriarchy. Do you light the candle? Yes. We've Two come this far. Yeah, all right. I'm a competent witch and I've got Wait, a can we, light, can we light the doll? No, that is not an option. It probably won't light anyway if it's anything like the one in Heidi that shit didn't burn. Yeah, I, I was getting Heidi vibes because Heidi was in the attic too. Since I saw this bitch, this dirty porcelain bitch, I thought of Annabelle. Oh, so it's Annabelle. <laughs> yeah. Dirty porcelain bitch. I got to use my last 6% for my like death note on Twitter. So probably got to like 1%. 1% now. It's 1% yeah. now. All right. This has a Four worse forward. thing than my fucking old ass Android. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's my directorial <laughs> debut. Give me some slack. I didn't write this or produce Mel's, it. I'm just the Mel's director. Mel's last tweet is just, I'd, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real. It's it's just that SpongeBob mean of him just standing up from the chair like, I'd, I'm about yep. right. <laughs> There's no way you're going to let yourself get stuck in the dark with no light source. Before you reach for the candle and match, you decide to flip the doll over onto its stomach so you can't see its eyes staring blankly at you. Good move. Satisfied, you ignite the match with your thumb and light the candle. As you light it, your phone dies and the flashlight cuts out. You breathe a sigh of relief, just in the nick of time, you think. Nick Cage, to be specific. You turn to exit the attic, but that's when you notice the writing on the wall. It looks as if someone took a knife and carved, don't light the candle, she'll wake up into the wood. You hear the sound of jingle bells behind you and your heart drops into your stomach. Do you blow out the candle or do you turn to look at the doll? Turn to look at the doll. close the chest. I mean, if she's awake, maybe she can point out the generator. I don't know. What, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? She's, she's clay. We're in she's a predicament. China. We got to like put our heads together. She comes running at me. I'm fucking booting her. You might as well see what's up. The problem is, is there's not enough choices here. You know, I feel, yeah. I don't know. I'm not happy. Hey, lame BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. So we're turning to look at the doll? Yeah, you got to. If you don't look, right. I don't know. See how hot she is. Check her out. The sexiest. Well, you slowly turn towards the chest, not quickly. But from where you're standing, you can't see inside. You step closer and take a peek, only to have your worst fears confirm. The doll is gone. From behind you, you hear the high-pitched sound of a child's giggle, the jingle of bells, and tiny footsteps made by little porcelain feet. You're about to turn towards the footsteps when you see more writing etched on the wall. Don't look! It reads, immediately, you crumble into a ball and back yourself into the corner of the attic, keeping your eyes set tight. The little footsteps get closer and closer, and those bells on her dress just keep fucking jingling until you know that the doll is right in front of you. You open your eyes and you keep your eyes shut. Keep my eyes shut? What yeah, you this do? is like the fucking angels from Doctor Who. The weeping angels. It, yeah, the if weeping you don't angels. See it, is it real? How is keeping your eyes shut gonna help though? Defensively, not a good. I just I want to know how we actually go 
got into the attic because I thought we were kind of like standing on the ladder. Is this cabin? No, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's into the attic. Okay, well, y'all stepped in and you were holding hands and now you're holding hands in the corner. Do you open your eyes? We, or do you the keep three of shut? us have gone to three separate corners. No, you're in the corners together. You're huddling together for safety okay. and security. Like yeah, little three of us. We can take that thing. Okay. Is that the boat? I want to see what's eating me. <laughs> now, okay. you Doctor Who, you know that? <laughs> this isn't Doctor Who. This movie is called The Unexpected. <laughs> you can't resist the urge to look, so you open your eyes. Standing before you, no bigger than a foot tall, kind of like Grandpa Hycock, is the doll from the chest. Only now there's something more evil and twisted about her face. Her teeth are fucking crooked. The last thing you see are those pale blue eyes gleaming with malice as the doll lunges at you with an inhuman scream and the world grows dark around you. You're all fucking dead. The end. Cool. I mean, you would have died if killed by a China doll. How are we getting killed by a China doll? There's no battle. This is boring. I have a space gun, and we didn't take that into account. I'm the right height to romance this doll as well. Yeah, but it's a baby doll. Talk about baby oopsie daisy. Like, I think him and Grandpa Highcut could have had a loving, romantic relationship. And I. I was hoping we would at least get to frantically search for the history of the house so we could discover some little girl who died there and then resolve her death <laughs> and help her I mean, possess the doll. To be fair, the answers could have been in the basement. To be yeah, fair, well, the <laughs> body could have been in the basement. To be fair, Sweet your friend is an asshole. <laughs> to be fair, not, the Sasquatch not, could have been in the basement. Not only is our friend somehow rich enough to own their own property in the woods, but they also have decided to lure us there to kill us with a fucking China doll. All right. I'm going to give you how I think that Bad this friend. went. Because I had dinner with the producer, so I can tell you exactly what this is. Your friend's not rich. This is a shitty cabin, like the one in Evil Dead. He inherited it from his dead grandpa, who used to bring hookers there. And that's the spirit of a possessed, very angry hooker inside that doll. Angry hooker magic trumps little guns, even if they're from space. Amen. The real horror at the end is your friend is charging you Airbnb cleaning fees. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. I thought that was a funny game, but that's because I was the dungeon master. Any final thoughts on this episode? Good time. I could have kept this alive. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, when it's a team effort, though, Jay, you got to go with the majority rules. Otherwise, you're the dickhead who goes off alone and dies anyway. Safety of numbers. It sounds like the opposite of what your mom would say, which is, if your friends went and got killed by an evil doll, would you? My mom wouldn't say that. She has doll houses. Many. That's right. Many doll houses. So this has been great. (laughs) I think we can wrap it up there. It's been an amazing two years on this podcast. I love being in season three. Looking forward to many more games with you guys and more episodes. In the meantime, you can find this podcast on the interwebs at ghostinthemagazine.site or on Twitter at GITM Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at WitchXPudding. You can find me at Nocturnical. You can find me at Henna underscore Mel. You can follow me at Atlas underscore Snow. Okay, bye!